Perhaps the most famous haunted location in Erie County is the site of the old Gudgeonville Covered Bridge, which spanned Elk Creek for over a century near a gorge known as the Devil's Backbone. With rumors of paranormal activity stretching back to the early 20th century and a verifiable track record of bizarre deaths, it is no surprise that Gudgeonville has become a favorite spot for ghost hunters. But when it comes to this spectacularly spooky site, what is fact and what is fiction? Before we explore the legends, let's delve into the history of the bridge and the surrounding area. Located just south of Interstate 90 in western Erie County in Girard Township, the Gudgeonville Bridge was an 84-foot-long covered bridge erected in 1868 over Elk Creek, which flows into Lake Erie at a point near Erie Bluffs State Park. According to local historians, the bridge foundation was constructed of remnants from the Beaver and Erie Canal, also known as the Erie Extension Canal, which was constructed between 1831 and 1844 and ran for 136 miles from Lake Erie to the Ohio River, bisecting Elk Creek at the village of Girard. If you're curious about how a canal can cross a creek, the answer is an aqueduct, which was erected 96 feet above the water level. The aqueduct over Elk Creek Gorge collapsed around 1871. Elk Creek carves a serpentine gorge through most of Girard Township, and the two branches of Elk Creek, Elk Creek and Little Elk Creek, converge at a rock formation known as the Devil's Nose. A short distance to the south is the natural curiosity known as the Devil's Backbone, and it is between these spots where a covered bridge was erected to provide access to Gudgeonville, which actually wasn't much of a town, but the site of a 19th century factory which manufactured gudgeons, which is a type of fitting used in canal and shipping locks. Historic maps show the location of this factory at a spot on the west side of Beckman Road, near its intersection with Tannery Road. During its heyday in the 1880s, Gudgeonville boasted a handful of homes, stores, and even a schoolhouse, which operated into the early 1900s. History records at least three catastrophic fires which struck the Gudgeonville Covered Bridge. The first occurred in the 1870s and resulted in the rebuilding of the bridge. Another fire, causing $3,000 worth of damage, took place in April of 1965 and was believed to have been set intentionally. The fire which finally destroyed the bridge, which was listed on the U.S. National Register of Historic Places in 1980, occurred on November 8, 2008, and it was determined by the state police to have been a case of arson. The two men who set the bridge on fire, both of whom had extensive criminal records, were arrested, tried, and convicted. The bridge has played a starring role in local legend since the early 1900s. According to several websites, a headless horseman supposedly haunted the bridge during this era, and witnesses claimed that phantom hooves could be heard when the bridge was still standing. Of course, there is no record of anyone ever losing a head in the vicinity. Another popular legend pertains to the name of Gudgeonville. Supposedly, Gudgeon was the name of a mule who refused to cross the bridge during the mid-19th century and toppled over dead of a heart attack from fright. As the story goes, 
The mule's owner buried Gudgeon on the west bank of Elk Creek and had the name of his beloved mule painted on the bridge entrance. The name sort of stuck, and locals took to calling the spot Gudgeonville. Of course, this tale couldn't possibly be true, since the bridge in question hadn't been constructed when the mule reportedly died. In addition, an 1855 map shows the name of the town was already in use by this time. However, the most often told ghost tales involve the screams of a young girl who fell to her death from the Gudgeonville Cliffs in the 1940s. Surprisingly, there may actually be some truth to this legend. My research turned up three people who actually plunged their deaths in the vicinity of the bridge, though the earliest of these deaths took place in 1955. Strangely, all of these deaths involved young victims between the ages of 10 and 15. At 2 o'clock in the morning of Sunday, September 18, 1955, a 15-year-old girl from Union City named Ruby Eleanor Short was killed instantly when she and her 46-year-old companion, Ralph Blazer, mysteriously fell from a 180-foot cliff into Elk Creek at Gudgeonville during what the newspapers reported as a moonlight stroll. According to the Kane Republican newspaper, the girl and Blazer were with a carload of people, including Ruby's mother, when they parked near the bridge and the two victims went for a walk alone. While Blazer would later recover from his injuries, Ruby's death was ruled accidental by the police, who, for some reason, didn't seem too curious to find out why a 46-year-old man would go for a walk on the edge of a cliff with a 15-year-old girl at 2 o'clock in the morning. On Monday, April 20th, 1964, a 10-year-old girl from Gerard named Darlene Nichols plunged 225 feet to her death from the Gudgeonville Cliffs. According to newspaper reports, Darlene and her mother had gone to the cliffs for a picnic, and the young girl fell over the edge while attempting to pick some moss. The Latrobe Bulletin reported that two college students found the girl's body in Elk Creek, and that Darlene was pronounced dead on arrival at St. Vincent Hospital. Of the handful of deaths which have occurred near the Gudgeonville Bridge, none is as strange as the mysterious 1965 death of a 15-year-old seminary student named Gerard Serfozo of Erie. On Thursday, April 1, 1965, Gerard and a group of about 100 students from the Divine Word Catholic Seminary in nearby Gerard went hiking in the vicinity of Devil's Backbone. Gerard told a priest that he was going back and instructed the others in the group to meet him at the Gudgeonville Covered Bridge. It was the last time anyone would see him alive. Two days later, after an extensive search by more than 200 volunteers, including the state police, civil defense units, and Boy Scouts, Gerard's body was discovered by firemen in a flat-bottomed boat shortly before 10 o'clock on the banks of Elk Creek, about a quarter mile downstream from the bridge. Deputy Coroner Wallace Mulligan made a positive identification at the scene, and a death was later ruled accidental by Erie County Coroner Merle Wood. 
An autopsy revealed that Serfoso had died from drowning after sustaining injuries in a fall. What makes this death so baffling is that hundreds of people searched for Gerard Serfoso for two days, only to find him a short distance from the bridge where he planned on meeting up with the rest of his group. Though his death had been caused by drowning, his body was found on dry ground. Also interesting is the fact that Serfoso was a Boy Scout and an expert swimmer. And yet, another thing that makes this case so fascinating is that the Gudgeonville Covered Bridge was intentionally set on fire just two days after the discovery of the body. On Monday, April 5, 1965, fire caused an estimated $3,000 worth of damage to the covered bridge, and although police concluded that arsonists had burned the bridge, no arrests were ever made. Could there have been some connection? For now, this will have to remain an unsolved mystery. Forty-three years later, arsonists would finally succeed in destroying the historic structure for good, though the destruction of the Gudgeonville Bridge didn't put an end to the ghost stories. After the bridge was destroyed by arsonists, Gerard Township supervisors salvaged what they could, and for years the wooden remains were housed in a field. In the summer of 2020, Township Supervisor Clay Brocious invited local residents to take home a little piece of the legendary bridge, and Erie County residents were eager to accept the invitation, much to his surprise. The final count was, I think, 163, Brocious told YourErie.com. The response was phenomenal, overwhelming, and it just goes to show how important this bridge was to a lot of people around here. Of course, it has been reported that spirits can sometimes attach themselves to physical objects, so if you're one of the 163 lucky owners of a chunk of the Gudgeonville Covered Bridge and have been noticing some strange sights and sounds around your home, then it just might confirm that the ghost stories may have some truth in them after all. If you enjoyed this podcast, pick up a copy of my newest book, Pennsylvania Oddities, Volume 3, available now at www.sunburypress.com. Volume 3 features 30 remarkable but true stories from every corner of the Keystone State. And be sure to visit my blog, paoddities.blogspot.com, for over 600 bizarre tales of murder and mystery from the colonial era to the present day. The Pennsylvania Oddities Podcast is written, produced, and narrated by Marlon Bressy. Theme music composed by Marlon Bressy. Sound effects courtesy of freesound.org. Listen to the Pennsylvania Oddities Podcast on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find your favorite program. New episodes on a 1st and 15th of every month. Mm-hmm.